The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, it's something I always have to battle with. It's, it's when you want to stay within the offense and make the make the right play, get the ball moving, uh, kind of get the drives going. And when I want to try to make the special play and get outside the pocket and make throws downfield, it's something that I've battled with my entire career, my entire life, pretty much. And so, uh, uh, especially in a game like the other day, when we're when it's not going our way early in the game, that's when I really have to get back to my fundamentals, kind of moving the ball down the field, not rely on one play uh, to try to score a big touchdown, but just do it the right way and then let that stuff kind of come to me. And finally, we are back. Yes, showing BK on the Chiefs. It's Friday, boys. We got to give people the business. But listen, we get to just really spread our our wings here a little bit because the the, the Chiefs don't play until Monday. And we got our guys. They'll cover that, right, Serta? You guys will cover that, the pregame stuff. So we we get to really just talk about the hell we want to talk about. Steve, it's good to see your beautiful face and chin. So, does that mean we're going to talk about Dune for 45 minutes? Because I can go 45 minutes easy. You guys want to talk Midnight Mass? That was a good show. I don't, I don't watch it yet. Dune is. What is Doom? Uh, I, it's one of the greatest stories ever told. What uh, about we? Well, we can it, talk it about it. Heavily influenced Game of Thrones. George oh, Lucas I've stole never watched Star Wars from Dune. Never, never watched a second of Game of Thrones. Never I watched am- a second. I have watched maybe one episode, and I have never heard of this Doom show that you speak of. Did you want to talk about the black version of Wonder Years that's just started, or no? We're passing on that? I haven't watched it. It's It's a very enjoyable show. I really enjoy it. Yeah, Uh, Don Cheadle plays Daniel Stern's character as the narrator. I love uh, Don Cheadle. Fred Savage is involved in it. So, I mean, it's it's a fantastic show. It does me it. All right, man, let's talk about these sorry-ass Chiefs. I'm sorry. This is just – that's where we are. I mean, right, this is they're, – they're, they're, right now they're in sorry territory. During that game, we were going back and forth, and I said, man, right now, man, you just can't say these guys are a Super Bowl contender. And then, then BK, of course, he, he shoots it. I don't even know if you can look at these guys as a playoff contender right now. And that's just truth. That's just the fact right now. Right. Obviously, they're below 500 and – I mean, they. I mean, they can't beat good teams, right? Like, like they cannot beat other good teams. And the better the team, the bigger the ass kicking seems to be. When you look at Buffalo, when you look at 
at what just happened against Tennessee. And I listen, I, I've been listening to looking at Chiefs social social media, Chiefs Twitter, and watching all these shows because what is wrong with Mahomes? What is wrong with the Chiefs? What is wrong with it? And of course, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are getting passes. I've seen one person, Marcus Spears, call out the coaching staff. And mostly what I'm seeing is talking about the defense and the defense is horrible. The defense is what they're worried about. The defense is what I'm concerned about. Fellas, to me, the number one and two things that I'm concerned about, and really I guess it's three, it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Andy and Eric. Those are the th- those are things I'm most concerned about right now. I knew what the defense was going to be. This team was supposed to be offensive driven and driven by the Hall of Famers we know of. Andy is a Hall of Famer and is going to Canton. And what Patrick Mahomes has done, he's a Hall of Famer and he's going to Canton. And those two guys have been average to below average at times, especially when it comes to decision making, turnovers, and not being able to crack the code of too high safety. That that's and that's what it is for me. Like I don't I like the turnovers are ridiculous. And, and, and that Pat himself, he's tied with a rookie Trevor Lawrence, who is a part of an organization who openly shows that they don't know what the hell they're doing under Urban Meyer and who hires Daryl Bevel as an offensive coordinator when you got a chance to hire anybody you want. He's tied with that guy, a rookie, Trevor Lawrence, just getting it done and get started in his career. And Andy and, and Eric don't seem to be able to figure out what t- all the defenses are doing to them every week. And we're talking about offensive staff, BK, that's been the best at designing plays, the best play callers that we've seen in a while. I've said about Andy, he's the best play designer and play caller since Bill Walsh. And they can't solve something that all defenses are doing every single week to them. And, like, that's where my eyes are, is those those guys. And I think it's fair, and that's where they should be. You When things are going poorly, you don't blame the weakness for things going poorly. You blame the strength. And the strength of the team right now is supposed to be the offense, and they scored three points last week. It was the first time under Patrick Mahomes' tutelage that they have had zero touchdowns in a game. They got their butts whipped for the second time in three weeks. You look now, and they're two and four in their last six games. This team is bad right now. Like, not relative to expectations, it's just not a good football team right now because they're not doing anything particularly well. And I say that while also acknowledging, as of today, they're fifth in yards per carry in the NFL. They're second in time of possession per drive. They're first in yards per drive. They're sixth in points per drive. If you look at any offensive efficiency metric, They've been really good so far this year. The problem, though, and it's such a stupid team to break down because it's so simple and yet the answers are so complex, it seems like, is that the defense is bad and they turn the football over too much. And when you do have those two things as a combination, you're just not going to win consistently, especially against the good teams, as you mentioned, Ron. When you go against Washington or Philadelphia, yeah, you'll be able to get out on the other side. And even this week. If they turn the the ball over two or three times against the Giants, they can still win this game. They can, because the Giants are terrible. The the Chiefs right now are playing poorly. The Giants are a bad football team. And so you can get away with it against some of these teams. But when they play against Green Bay, 
They go to Las Vegas. They play against Dallas. You better have these issues corrected. Otherwise, you're going to continue getting beat because the margin for error right now is zero because they're handing the football over to the opposition far too often. Sir, just help me. The, The most shocking thing, I don't know which is more surprising. Pat Mahomes and the offense and their turnovers, 17 of them. It's just, it's not just one, baby. They're, I mean, they come rolling out the gates with multiples every week. I mean, they're they're at three. They they're not happy till they get to three turnovers a week. Or that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy don't seem to be able to figure out how to consistently beat teams in what the defense they're playing to make them get out of it. Like that is, like it's it's it. They seem to be confused. <laughs> like I would, I would imagine, I would imagine, sir, that if somebody is doing something to Andy week after week, that he would be able to put things together to where even if McCall Hardman hasn't improved his his route running and things of that nature every every week, even if Demarcus Robinson is playing different games every day or playing Tecmo Bowl in his mind instead of actually being on the field that there would just be guys running free because he has designed things because he knows exactly what teams are going to do. I Like, I, I don't know what's more shocking, Mahomes and the offense and the turnovers, or that these guys don't seem to be able to solve a defense that is being run against them every single week. Well, yeah, that's the much more concerning thing to me than the turnovers is that they just don't know how to adjust. Andy Reid said in his post-game press conference after last week's game, I'm just seeing things that I've never seen before. Now, I don't think he was talking about the defensive (laughs) scheme. I think he was talking about the mistakes and stuff that are plaguing this Chiefs team. But how have they not adjusted? How, like, everybody's playing zone against you. Everybody's playing deep, and they are rushing four, and everybody is realizing that your tackles aren't very good at pass blocking, and so that hurts when Patrick Mahomes drops 10 to 15 yards and then breaks the pocket too early or he's just too deep for Orlando Brown to be athletic enough to like get back into pass coverage. And all of that stuff is bad and they're going to figure out the turnovers, I think, or at least like slow down on the turnovers because it's hard to predict turnovers and some of them are fluky and you can't bank on that stuff every single week. But yeah, the answers have to start with adjustments by the guys who are calling the plays and they haven't adjusted anything. And this isn't new. It's not like we don't have like we don't have a large sample size of it. We've got plenty sample size. We're in week eight of the NFL season. Like, how have we not adjusted? How have we not come up with a game plan? And maybe it's the running game. Maybe maybe Andy forgot how to run the football effectively. He forgot how they succeeded with Jamal Charles or it's the lack of talent at that position. But you got to do some other stuff. Get the screen game going, for the love of God. Uh, it, it it is. I, I don't know. It, it is just. It's weird. It seems like they can't. Like they can't seem to solve it. Like and 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 I. You you went through the numbers. Their offense is still productive when they don't turn it over. But isn't it? Is it just me? Doesn't it just seem harder? Doesn't it just seem like even when they do score and have good drives, it seems harder. And it feels like it shouldn't be this hard when you know exactly what teams are going to do and you know exa- and they're showing you every week. It just feels even difficult when they have success. I it it just it just bl- it blows me away. And 
it is Ron. Like it's not just that it feels harder. It is like 2018. They were first in explosive plays, uh, pass plays. I should say 2019. They were seventh. So still top 10 last year. They were second in the NFL this year. Where do you guys think they rank in terms of explosive pass plays? I believe the, the actual definition is like 20 plus yard pass plays. I bet you, I bet you they're below the top half. I'd say like 20th. I was going to say under 15. 27th. Yeah. 27th in the league yeah, in explosive pass plays. And you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And listen, I've got my qualms with McCole Hardman, but this is where McCole Hardman should be good for you. And you have Andy Reid scheming things up. I know you're going against cover two. Man, so are the LA Rams. The, they're the second highest rate of seeing cover two in the league this year. They don't seem to be having these issues. I see them having explosive plays week after Deshaun week after Watson week. Leaking in the middle of the field all the time. And and also, BK, come on, man. This ain't the first time teams have run cover two on them in this run. This and and and, and before anyone starts to think it, and I'm gonna tell you, Sammy Watkins had been healthy in every one of those bad boys that they've run a cover two against them. Like, I, I'm not going to say they don't miss him, but he, like they've, they've had to go against defenses running cover two with Sammy Hurt as well. Like, this isn't the first time teams have done that. It's puzzling. I, I And this is why, like, I, I wanted to ask you guys the question because I, everybody comes back to, and they should, the turnovers. That's really the story of the offense this year is the turnovers. It, even more so maybe than the cover two, but I think they are, they're connected they're connected yes how do you solve it because you've said this ron it's not just random and it's not when it happens every week eventually we've got to come to the conclusion that something is happening here what is it how do they solve it and how do you move forward by avoiding that in the future and that's the thing i just don't have a good read on right now like what do you do to get rid of this because the only thing that has stopped the chiefs so far this year is themselves but it happens every single week and it's got to stop do you guys feel like andy reed is scheming people open this season no cuz no, i don't and like McVeigh is a guy that schemes people open like well, andy has been in his career too yeah, Until well, that's what, that's that's what I'm trying to say is that like, you know, we talk about you know Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay in the same vein that we do Andy Reid. Like these are the most brilliant offensive-minded coaches in football, and you can point out on a given week when Sean McVay is scheming open Cooper Cup, or when Kyle Shanahan is scheming open Debo Samuel, those those wide receivers that are key to the way their offense functions. I feel like I haven't seen Andy Reid do that at all with Tyreek Hill this season. And yeah, he's a little banged up or whatever, or even Travis Kelsey. Like, again, it goes back to like the screen game that used to be so clutch for the Chiefs. Like, where's those tight end screens we used to see? Where's those wide receiver screens we used to see? Because, yeah, I understand that you want to create more explosive plays, but let's just start with having solid football games where you don't turn the football over and Andy's just dialing things up and Andy said, Andy takes the wheel from Pat a little bit and says, okay, I got us. I got us this game. I'll, I'll scheme us up four touchdowns, at least in this one. Well, and, and when we talk about it, and as, as you, even what you're saying, I think it's all connected, like the turnovers and everything. Like you were saying, like, how do you stop it? 
Like, I think it, it's all connected. The number, like, to me, the number one thing, when you talk about all the randomness, and yes, turnovers, there is a portion of it that's random. There's a ball that's bouncing on the ground that's a fumble. It, it can take a right bounce. But we have to acknowledge how the fumble occurred, right? And if there's a tip ball uh, on a pass, yes, it could go and fly on the ground or it can go and fly perfectly at someone. But we got to acknowledge how the tip occurred. And all of it. From what you're talking about, Serta, to uh, to being able to scheme guys open and what what we're talking about with the turnovers, it all, to me, the thing that you can control that I think does help lead and put yourself in position to have those turnovers is decision-making. And the decision-making from game plan to how you're going to – I can't believe I'm saying this. If you're Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, unlock the cover too. Like, all of that comes from – Poor decision making. And Pat, Pat Mahomes has had several just throws the game the game Sunday. Listen, it's a random. It got tipped, but it's it's not random the decision he made. There's no reason he should throw that ball. Your your defense just came off of getting slaughtered and run up and down the field after you gave them four plays in no time. And on the first play on your 25, you see Josh Gordon, who has not played in nearly 800 days. You see Josh Gordon right there. He's fully covered with another guy right there. You pump faked it twice, which leads me to know that you said to yourself, boy, I shouldn't let this go. Boy, I shouldn't let this go. Boy, I'm thinking about I've got to work on these turnovers. What you keep saying, boy, I shouldn't let this go. And you do it anyway. That's not random. The decision-making that you made is bad. The run, the the fumble, you're running, you're not tucking it. You're not tucking it. You, you got to know people are around you about to hit you. That's not random. Like, that's bad decision-making and being careless with the ball. And uh, and that's not that's not just random. 17 of them bad boys. I mean, you got more than, than you did last year. I, mean, I just, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over. I've been over it for a couple of weeks. But I'm over the... Oh man, they'll get the, they'll get the turnover stuff together. It's random. You hope so, but it, it's going to have to change. It's going to have to have some change in what they're doing. And what I really don't understand is, and and you mentioned that they need we need to start talking about the Hall of Famers. So Andy Reid is is on that list. What I don't understand is why they're getting so outplayed in the beginning of these games. Now we saw this in the postseason, right? On their run to the Super Bowl. They were down double digits in every one of the AFC games prior to getting there. I get that. And they were able to come back. And that is not a sustainable method to be a winning organization. Like It's just not. And I think this team feels like they can get down and eventually it's like, okay, Mahomes, go be great. Go be great. We've seen you do this before. Come, please bring us back again. Well, eventually it comes back to bite you. And over the last three weeks, Ron, They've lost 64 to 20 in the first half of these three games, 64 to 20. And in those two losses, it's been 24 to 10 and 27 to nothing at half. It's and over it, by the time they even get to halftime. They have no chance to make any adjustments. And, and many people will hear the 64 and, and go immediately to the defense. And you should. There's a part that you go there. But the other part is, man, they got 17 turnovers. On the season, they had and another points in three games of the first half. They're averaging a touchdown in the first half. Like that's part of it. And, and, and they're not scoring. And, and many of those points of that 64 are led by short fields. 
Look, that's what ha- that's exactly what happened. Uh, in the first half, they got 10 points off of off of turnovers. In that first half, the Titans did. And 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 one of, and both of them were put them in incredible field position. Like and and that that has happened on multiple times. So it, it it's they are especially for who we thought they were to, they were going to be. They are just killing them. And the turnovers thing, they uh, to me there is some randomness, but it's got to start with we got to make better decisions. Like we just we just got to make better decisions. And and Tyreek's got to get some new damn gloves or something because uh, uh, I don't know I don't know what's happening. He he had another one go through his hands. Luckily this time nobody was behind him. But I, I mean, I don't know what the problem is, but it's it's got to start with with the decision making. It's just it, it leads to the randomness of turnovers jumping up because you're making bad decisions off the jump. And I've got a comp for you, Ron. Uh, Scott Kazmar, who's really good with all of the numbers, uh, previously wrote for Football Outsiders. He put together the but highest turnover not, rates. That's not the lefty. No, different one. That's Kazmir. This is Kazmar. Okay, I got you. Totally different. I can understand the confusion, though. Um, He put together the highest offensive turnovers per drive since 1993. The Chiefs are number one on this list. One out of every four drives for the Chiefs so far this season has resulted in a turnover. The team that's on this list behind them that I find to be an interesting comparison for where the Chiefs are at right now as an organization is the 2002 Rams. And that was right at the end of that era of the greatest show on turf. They finished that season seven and nine, but they started the year. I believe it was and five and it was too late by the time they were able to finally turn it on. They won like five of their next six games. And uh, by the end of the year, they finished seven and nine. It's just, they, they weren't able to get it together the year before they were 14 and two and went to the Super Bowl, And that's when they lost to the new England Patriots. And the first one um, that Tom Brady won in his career. This can happen. We've seen it happen. And the closest comp for the Chiefs, what they've been offensively over the last three years, is the greatest show on turf. And it 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 turned on a dime. And then there were the injuries that took place. We know the Mike Mart story. Like there's a lot that happened afterwards that led to the the true ending of the greatest show on turf. But you know what the problem was for them, much like the Chiefs, they just turned the ball over too much and it never got corrected for them. It never got corrected. By the end of the year, they finished with 45 turnovers on the season. That was last in the league, and nobody could explain it. And then it was done. And what the Chiefs have to do is make sure that they don't fall into that same category. And yeah, that's that's, that's that's the goal for the rest of the season. they got to make sure that they don't fall into what the 2002 Rams did. Yeah, because that, that's a great comp because the Rams' defenses weren't able – those defenses weren't able to save 45 turnovers, just like this defense doesn't have a chance in hell to save 45 turnovers. So they better get this thing right. And and, and speaking of the defense, I want to, I, I want to I, I take up for the defense a little bit. Listen, they're not very good. Uh, they've got some high priced guys over there who aren't playing well, whether it be for injury, whether it be for laziness. I don't know. Uh, they, they, I mean, they've got some guys just, just aren't earning it. Right, they got some guys that you look at when the ball's in the air. You got, oh God, just, uh, just being complete. I mean, you know, when that ball was up in the air, Mike Hughes was there. He didn't have a chance in hell, <laughs> and we all knew it. I just, uh, it just interfere something. Uh, I had but, AJ Brown on my fantasy team though, so that's cool. Good for you. Uh, I know you, you reap the benefits of that. But I think that I think I got to take up for him because the way this, and I want you all to listen to me carefully. 
the way this team is to be constructed and what we thought they were going to be, this is an offensive-led team. The Kansas City Chiefs defense played well enough on Sunday to win the game. They played well enough on Sunday to win the game. Their turnovers were costly with the Chiefs offense that just hurt them in a major way, and then the Chiefs offense doing absolutely nothing and then having the Chiefs defense run right back onto the field because either they would turn it over quick. I mean, they, they literally gave up a touchdown. The kickoff, Pat Mahomes threw an interception, one play on the drive. The defense is right back out there dealing with Derrick Henry. And I'm going to say, overall, here lately, the Chiefs defense, who has its flaws, a bunch of them. Listen, the last three games against the Buffalo Bills, the Washington football teams, and the Tennessee Titans, in the second half in those three games, and two of those teams have high-powered offenses, they've given up seven points in the second half of games. Seven. This Chiefs defense. I don't Seven. Two of the games they've pitched shutouts. The uh, it'll save 14. Many people will now be checking. Oh, they gave up more than, than seven in the second half against Buffalo. Uh uh-uh. uh, Michael Hyde got a pick six, courtesy of Pat and Tyreek Hill. Check that. I won't put you in that, Pat. Courtesy of Tyreek Hill. <laughs> seven, seven points in the second half of games. Seven. Listen, they haven't given up a, a hundred yard rusher in those three games, and that includes Derrick Henry. The best we see, they didn't give up 90 yards to Derrick. Oh, well, maybe he didn't run it that many times. Nope, he ran it 29 times, almost 30 times, and they held him under 90 yards. They didn't give up a 100-yard rusher uh, to Washington, and, and, and Josh Allen, with his 57 yards, led the Bills in that game. Now, they've given up some big plays in the passing game, but when I, I'm just no, saying, I would say the Bills running game sucks and Washington, Antonio. Listen, it doesn't matter anybody's running game. The, I mean, the, the, the Henry defense, thing is all that matters. The, the, yeah, they gave I, up yeah, 86 yards on the ground to Derrick Henry. That's but that's the, a, the yeah, biggest. That's impressive. And the longest run on the day was 11 yards. It was consistently yeah. three, 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 four, five, three, three, three. That's what you need to do against Derrick Henry. Yes. And I, I'm just saying, I, I got to give them, I got to take up for them a little bit. They're bad. They're not good. But we knew they weren't good. But what they have done was supposed to be good enough. Right, they, they, right, they have done was supposed to be give, good enough. They gave up two really bad touchdown drives in the first half. Long drives. Now, I would also say their offense didn't really give them any rest in between it because they went three and out. But they gave up two long touchdown drives. The other points came off of the turnovers, and then they didn't, and then they didn't give up anything in the second half. If they give up two hard touch drives in the first half, you expect that the Chiefs' offense have done something. Like you would, you would expect that. All right, man, maybe we're down. It's seventeen to to fourteen. It's seventeen to ten, and then the Chiefs' offense carries it and goes on. And no, they're not doing nothing. And this thing, this garbage of oh man, this is my favorite Patrick Mahomes excuse. Patrick Mahomes is because the defense, he's having to do too much. He's trying to make big plays. All right, that flew for a week or maybe two. You know what? Maybe the Chiefs defense is out of position because they feel like they got to do something to try to create a turnover or something because they know their offense is going to turn the ball over at will. You ever thought of that? Maybe the Chiefs defense is going out there saying, we got to, somebody's got to be out of position. 
Maybe that's why Daniel Sorensen has been out of position at times because he's trying okay. to over, okay. over make let's a play. Re- let's reel because this in. The reel this in a little bit. Keeps making turnovers. Maybe that's what it is for Dan. He was Maybe out here preaching, and then he got he he got like me when I said the Defoe was going to be the Chiefs' number two receiver. Like, let's just reel that in a little bit. Yeah, let's, we keep, let's, let's pull over for a we second keep, we keep, and collect we keep, okay. ourselves. We keep, I'm just saying, we keep talking about. We missed our exit ramp like two two minutes ago. <laughs> I hit it, baby. I hit it. We just keep talking about the Chiefs' offense and, and and Mahomes trying to make plays, and that's why he's because he's trying to compensate for the defense. Where the defense is trying to compensate for this offense who turns the ball over at a rate that we have never seen in our lives. We thought about that, so I got to give credit to the defense. I could follow so, you down this path until you got to the Dan Sorensen's out of position yeah. because of the offense. I, I couldn't follow you down that road, my we man. We don't know what so, Dan's thinking. Tyron Matthew throwing his hands up was because of the offense. Not, yeah, that's, not, that's not Travis Kelsey's fault. Yeah, not not because yeah. of Dan yeah, not being able to cover Dawson Knox. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's a transitive property. You know, Dan is not in the right position because the offensive tackles can't block. Because and therefore, tra- it's actually <laughs> Tyron Matthew is Dan mad at Orlando it, Brown Jr. Because <laughs> Dan. talking about it. I feel like we could go down this route. Yes. Are you thinking about this? Dan is trying to overmake plays. So he's completely out of position. And maybe he appears to be getting burnt. But he's really trying to jump around in front of them to try to create a turnover because he wants to try to at least tie the turnover battle because he knows his offense. Nope. <laughs> I can't even keep, I can't even continue it. I mean, I Dan's not Marcus know. Peters. Like I, I just think Dan doesn't know what's going on. But. Oh, of course. No, I just think he's just getting beat. But no, I mean, I mean, no, I just like listen. The defense is is not good. But, I mean, you're going to tell me they pitched a shutout the last two weeks in the second half and gave up seven points? You remember that Buffalo game at the half? You remember that third quarter? Three and out. Three and out. Three and out. Like, I mean, they started that thing off against that Buffalo team. But they're getting no help. None. Yeah, the defense has done their job. And last week – God bless your guy, Dan Sorensen. But one of the reasons why they did their job better was because he didn't see the field as much. Uh, Juan Thornhill was really good. Over the last two weeks, he played 100% of the snaps in week six. He played 96% of the snaps last week. Uh, He played all but three snaps defensively for the Chiefs. And he looks like a building block for what they're going to do moving forward. You're getting the best version of Tyron Matthew the last couple of weeks because Juan Thornhill allows him to be the best version of himself. You can put Juan Thornhill deep. Tyron Matthew comes closer to the box. That's where he should be. That's where he wins. And now you're seeing a better version of him. So that's been nice to see. The guy that really stood out to me, you mentioned how they they really slowed down Derrick Henry this week. I mean, full credit to Nick Bolton. He, that was the best game that we've seen him play, and it was really not was. even close. Yeah. I want to see more of him. I think he should be the starter moving forward over Anthony Hitchens. He's just a better player against the run than Hitchens is, and neither of them can play the pass. So what – what are you really losing there by having him in over Anthony Hitchens? Um, and I think moving forward, this is what you need to see. You need to see Nick Bolton at the mic, middle linebacker position, and you need to see Juan Thornhill taking basically every snap as your deep safety. If you do that, listen, this defense ain't going to be good. That's just not going to happen this year. But it can be passable. It can be salvageable. Yeah. And if you have a passable defense with what we think the offense can be moving forward, if they correct these turnover issues, you're back to being a Super Bowl contender. 
I know that sounds crazy right now, but it, it is in the realm of the possibility as long as they keep going with their best personnel on the field. I agree with Spags doing things that make legit sense. Um, those don't feel like they're hard things to come up with. Um, there's been plenty of evidence that you see. Uh, those things make sense. I just want to jump back on this. Are, are you you're telling me that you are you're, you're done with Tony Hitchens? Yeah, he's got to be gone. He, it's, it's over. Yeah, it's done. Man. That way loss didn't do anything. <laughs> no he's no. still bad just because he has as i've said to you still just making way has, too much money just because he has an aggressive look on his face when when you see him and he sweats hard does not mean that he's moving fast it's uh, over r.i.p we love our guy anthony hitchens around here but uh he's up with the angels now it's it's done he, he's done it's not, <laughs> that just uh, killed <laughs> feel bad man i'm gonna miss him <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's over for, for our guy, our guy, Tony Hitchens. They'll save $9 yeah, million dollars against the cap next year. Uh, it, it's gotta be done. And while we're at it, uh, RIP miss you, Frank, but Frank Clark gotta be done next year wow. too. This is it. These it's are, over. these are, these are two fellas that I've been skeptical of from the jump. Uh, yeah. Uh, still I, make I Frank thought it was Clark. Serta. Was... Serta was on those skeptical. These guys, I never heard you say once. Yeah, yeah, you know you did. Uh, Tony Hitchens, yeah, it's it's over. I'm not killing him, man. But Tony, you can go down to Sportsman's or Purple Label, get your hair cut, and just start this thing over, and really just start enjoy en- enjoying your life. Man, he could be a hell of a leader, coaching with uh with, with Nick Bolton and the guys and Willie Gay come off the field to really tell him things that he's that he's seen. Because Put a visor on, it'll be great. Yeah, I so should. agree. You know, he doesn't oh, have to wear yeah, a visor. If he feels just that shut him down, him. just put him on IR, just make him a coach the rest of the year. Yeah, I feel like he's better at that. And Frank is, yeah, Frank's done. Uh, and uh, 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 and it's it's I stand by it. The worst contract, uh, the worst move of Brett Veach and Andy Reid, um, a move that you at least football wise you understood when it happened. Uh, but it, yeah, he, he's not rescuing rescuing you. Or whatever I just said, he's not he's part of the problem, him. not the solution. Yeah, and it, and it's not like he's going to come back and do it. Like it's not like boy, when Frank gets it together in week twelve, like you'll get a new Frank the Shark, whatever it's called. Uh, Better no, defensive it, end right now with the way they're playing, and I understand Frank Clark is not healthy, but I don't know that we're going to see Frank Clark healthy. I think this is kind of what we've seen from him over the last few years is he just tends to get hurt a lot. Um, Mike Dana or Frank Clark? Who's been better so far for the Chiefs this year? I think Mike Dana, yeah. and I don't, I don't know that it's been that close. Like, I mean, he's just – you don't even know he's out there. I mean, there's a lot of guys on the defensive line that, that fit that bill. I mean, he's just – I mean, literally, it's it's not even – not even trying to, you know, come at him hard. It, it's just straight up. I mean, he's just – I mean, what, is he average? Right now? He, does he play – does he play below average? Yes, like he's, he's below average. Yeah, he has fewer he has fewer tackles this year than Marcus Kemp. Uh, it's just we it, see some really guys. <laughs> the Marcus injuries Kemp has six tackles. The injuries pile up, and it's not always significant injuries. It's just year after year after year. And Frank Clark just looks like he's gotten beaten down from the NFL, and he doesn't have any explosiveness left left in him at all. Like he just looks like. He's the type of guy who's he's going to get cut by the Chiefs this offseason. He'll land somewhere else, maybe land on another team after that, and then he'll probably be out of the NFL. Like, that's what he looks like right now. Yeah, he, he's not even a jag. Like, he's he's, he's just, a below-replacement-level player right now, and really that's what's is. so frustrating. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And, and I guess with that, so what is it? It's Friday coming up. It, we're coming up on Halloween this weekend, which means the trade deadline is next week. And the next time we do this show, the trade deadline will have passed. And you look at Frank, as we've just said, man, Frank is, is done and not getting better. And, boy, they could use some help in, in, in adding pressure of the, on the defensive line to help with other areas with this defense. You feel like this defense, God, if you could improve it in any way, that would help. Is there a move at the deadline uh, that you think the Chiefs could make, a realistic one that's out there that the Chiefs could make uh, to go get some to get some help for this team? I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening to you right now, Ron, and they're just screaming at their podcast feed, go get a defender, please save the defense. No. Yeah, I'm with them. No, don't. Um, <laughs> right there with them. There, there's no saving this defense. And the defenders that are out there available to you right now, uh, they're, they're not saving what you have going on. I mean, we're talking about Melvin Ingram might be legitimately the best player available. He's not significantly better than Mike Dana. Like he's, You're probably expecting similar production from him to what you're getting right now for Mike Dana. And let's be honest, this team's probably not taking Frank Clark off the field significant amounts of time. So I don't know how much that really improves you defensively. Um, Meanwhile, on the offensive side of the ball, there is a really good player available that definitely makes you a lot better offensively. And he fixes what I believe to be their number one issue on offense right now. And that's Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has been a consistent 1,000-yard NFL receiver. He is not a big guy, but he does fit the need of being a legit possession player he also helps you over the top as well he can play inside he can play outside he's been a guy who has been a number two receiver he has been a number one receiver at every stop he has been a valuable commodity for whoever he was playing for that's the player that I want them to trade for I don't know if it's a third round pick I don't know if it's something in next year's draft or 2023 I don't know what the Texans are going to be looking for but Brandon Cooks would be the player that I want to get at the trade deadline. I think he's the one that is readily available that upgrades you the most from what you have currently. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I Listen, I think he would yeah. obviously help. Uh, but man, I just, I, I don't know if it's throwing players, like more players at the situation. Now, like I said, I'm not going to de- deny that he's not better than, than McCole Hardman or, or or Demarcus Robinson or any of those guys, 
Like, I, and, and, and I know many people may call me crazy on this. I still think the Chiefs offensively have the talent to uh, to be able to score and put up the points and play offense the way they want to. I, I'm with I'm I'm still with Serta from earlier. Like, if you get Brandon Cooks, is he going to be running into the same problems where they can't solve the cover two? Like to me, it's is I feel like those guys. It's it's still up to Andy and Eric and company to be able to figure out a scheme to be able to make teams get out of this, where to to be able to uh, to, to to get yards and get points in this defense as much as it is than throwing players. And to me, I do think, like, listen, there is, we agree, there is no saving this defense. Not at all. There's no saving the defense. But I think there is improving it and getting it better from can you get it to 20? Can you get it to 21? Can you get it in that range of total defense and and, and improve to that level? It, because that, to me, is – is an important thing because this this offense, I think, I think they're, I would hope they're going to improve. And to as as Serta said earlier, some of these rent these these turnovers at least slow down. But man, can you can you get me? So Ingram to me is an upgrade. And I'm sorry, at some point they're going to they took Dan off the field, and at some point I believe Frank can be taken off the field. Right? I mean, I like at some point Frank, Frank or a lot more than you're paying Dan. I get that, or another, or the other defensive end, where and you move Chris Jones on the inside, like they're they're short a defensive end or an outside pass rusher. So Melvin Ingram is somewhere that I would go. I hell, I'd go to Carolina, who's in some weird stuff to see what the hell they want for Hassan Reddick. Like I, I like I would look around at these teams that may be out of it because it's still Super Bowl or bust with this team, and to try to get better with somebody in terms of uh, of, of of a pass rusher. At some point, and God, I don't know. You know they don't believe in corners, but if I got to keep looking at Mike Hughes out there when he's got no chance, so I do think adding defensively can at least improve the defense, and I think that's a help. See, when I look at Brandon Cooks, the thing that I see is trust, and I think that's been the biggest issue for them offensively. And I'm speaking from both the coaching side of things and Patrick Mahomes. I think one of the issues for him is that Mahomes is not trusting the offensive line. He's not trusting his eyes. He's not trusting his receivers to be in the right areas. And I don't think the coaches are trusting some of those receivers, not named Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, to do what they're asking them to do. They don't trust that they, if they scheme things up the way that you're suggesting, Ron, because I'm with you, that's been an issue for them so far this year. The offense just... They're maybe not I don't say it. not a, not as much scheme, but at least you know partly scheme, but putting them in a position where they can exploit like the the areas that should be exploited in this this off or in this defense that people are running against them. And I've said this since day one. I don't know that they have the guys to do it. I think they are making it very easy for teams to key in on Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill because they don't they're not concerned with what their number three pass catcher is, whoever that is right now, they're not concerned with them. They're just saying, okay, yeah, go ahead. If you want to beat us with Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson or McCole Hardman, go ahead, because those are not efficient throws, and by the end of the game, we're going to be winning because of that. And so far, other teams have been right in that assessment. Um, 
Meanwhile, when it was Sammy Watkins, and I know he had plenty of issues. Sammy Watkins was far from a perfect player. But when you got into the playoffs and you went up against the Patriots, you know what Bill Belichick did? He stuck Stephon Gilmore one-on-one on Sammy Watkins and said, I'm doubling elsewhere, but Stephon Gilmore, my best corner, I'm putting him on Sammy Watkins. If he played the Chiefs right now and they still had Stephon Gilmore at his peak performance, there's no way they're sticking him over on McCall Hardman or Demarcus Robinson. Why? I'll put him on uh, Travis Kelsey right now. That's where I'm using him. Um, And that's just, that's what it means to have a legit threat at your number two receiver position. They don't have that right now. Brandon Cooks brings that. He's a, what has he done? One, two, three, four, five times in his NFL career, he's been a 1,000 yard receiver. And I've seen some people saying, yeah, but you just brought in Josh Gordon. How many times do you have to throw numbers at the position? This is not the same. This is like me looking for a job right now, Ron, being out of work and being like, you know what? I'm going to go get a, I'm going to go get a lottery ticket. I'm going to go get a scratch off. Well, that's one way I could potentially get money. That's the Josh Gordon route. The other route is, Hey, somebody offered me a nine to five where I make $45,000 a year with benefits. That's Brandon cooks. The chiefs need the nine to five right now. They don't have one. And Brandon cooks is the way that they go out there and get it. In my opinion, at least. Uh, and Brandon Cooks is one of the most underrated wide receivers in football. Like all he's done everywhere he's ever played is just be a consistent playmaker. Now he's not the best wide receiver in football or anything like that, but he's certainly an upgrade and I'm a big Josh Gordon supporter. And I'd like to see Josh Gordon succeed in carve out a role in this offense and actually like produce. But I don't think you can bank on that. Like Josh Gordon is a lottery ticket. Brandon Cooks is a bona fide starting wide receiver who could be a number one wide receiver in most teams, which is what Sammy Watkins kind of was. I would argue that Brandon Cooks is a better wide receiver than Sammy Watkins. And so I think it's going to inevitably open things up if you can acquire a player like that, where, like BK was saying, it changes the way defenses have to play you because Brandon Cooks is that kind of threat. And he has proven that time and time again. Like he's so you think so you think if Brandon you think if Brandon Cooks was on the field for the Chiefs, it would change the way these defenses play him. You think they it it might not they would come out of playing them right now, but it would give the Chiefs a much better chance at making the defense play in a different way than what they have at the moment because Byron Pringles made a few nice catches this season. Demarcus Robinson's just wasted snaps. Haven't seen anything from Josh Gordon yet to make me think that he can contribute to this team this year. And maybe he is just done because he spent so much time away from football. He's just never going to be the same kind of player again. So all of those guys that you're banking on offering you anything on the field, aren't offering you anything right now. So what I know, what what I know they can get from Brandon Cooks is that Brandon Cooks can offer you a lot more upside than any of the other guys you're trotting out right now over Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And, and my concern is, and I and listen, I know I can't believe it's a concern, but my concern is, I uh, I know I listen. I watch Brandon Cooks every Sunday. I watch Brandon Cooks in practice here in Houston every week. He is a big time receiver. I'm just. I, I I don't know how they're going to use him. That that that's my thing. Like I don't know what they're. He is better than those guys. He certainly is. But him being out there, I don't think it's going to make teams say, "Let's shift how we're going to do things." Because Brandon Cooks is out here. 
Let's see what they do. We'll just treat Brandon Cooks that we like we would other guys. Now he's better than them, but then like how are they going to use him? Because Brandon Cooks to me, I, I like I've watched him. He's very good. Like the same routes that Sammy Watkins that we talked about running in the middle of the field and taking big hits like that. Well, that's not really Brandon Cooks either. I mean, he's better at it than I would think Hardman and the rest yep. of the crew. But that's not really his game either. I mean, he's hell. He's smaller than Tyreek Hill. I swear. But I mean, like, he's so tough, I'm just, though. He's tough. You know, he's tough. He's he's good. Not to mention the concussion issues. But like, he's he's a good. He's a really really good football player. I just still wonder of how the use would be. Like, I yeah. I, I just think that. So you, you asked, does this take teams out of the defense that they're playing against the Chiefs? Pro- the answer is probably not. I, I think this is just going to be the way that teams play against the Chiefs the rest of this year because what they're trying to do, and, and I know that you know this, Ron, but just for anybody in the audience that's confused as to why this is happening, they're trying to make the Chiefs go 10 to 12 plays every single drive. They're, they're basically saying, hey, our best chance to beat you is – by eliminating those big plays, as we talked about, they're 27th right now in the NFL in, in explosive passing plays against. Um, we're going to eliminate that. So you have to instead go five, seven, seven, eight, ten yards down the field consistently. And we're hoping that at some point over the course of that 10, 12, 15 play drive, you mess up. Whether that be a turnover that be an incompletion that puts you into second and 10, then you run the ball and you get two yards and now you're in third and eight and boom, we just got to get one stop there. That's what they're banking on. And the reason why I think a guy like Brandon Cooks could change things is because you become a more consistent team with him being on the outside. Those, those plays that you're running right now where there is a um, miscommunication between Patrick Mahomes and McCole Hardman, which seems to happen still once a week. Or Byron Pringle just can't quite secure a catch. Or Demarcus Robinson's just not quite where you want him to be or whatever it ends up being. I I feel like all of those guys have at least one or two plays per week where it's just not quite there. That doesn't happen with Brandon Cooks. Very, very rarely. So it just becomes a more consistent weapon that you have. And right now, consistency is what this Chiefs team is lacking offensively because they are going to have to have that the rest of the year, especially against teams like Green Bay, Dallas, Las Vegas, the Chargers, Cincinnati, who's become a very good team. That's an imposing threat in week 16. Now, suddenly you're going to have some really big time teams that you're going up against down the stretch and into the postseason. You need to be consistent offensively. Brandon Cooks brings that the guys that you have at that position right now do not. Yeah, he's better and an, an improvement over those guys. I just, I think, in, I think where we just see it different is like I don't, I don't feel like this is a throw players as a solution as much as like he's better and they will be better, but it feels like to me more of a fundamental of how we're going to scheme and how we how we attack these defenses problem as much as anything and and they're i think they go hand in hand i think they go i i think they're they're both connected like the the reason why we are sitting here saying it feels like they're not attacking the defenses correctly is because when they are trying to do so it's not efficient it's not consistent and that means that you're ending up with drives that result in a field goal or drives that uh stall out and now you've got a punt which rarely happens for the chiefs but does happen from time to time um, and I think that's part of this story. Um, and I, I think the two are connected personally. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's move to the game. Damn it. The game that is sweeping the nation. 
certified or imposter. We had a great one last week with Blake Bell, who we clearly saw when he was not used. Uh, the, uh, the the Chiefs had their worst offensive game, and I think a lot of that is due to the only the six snaps that Blake Bell received, which is absolutely shameful. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking, um, and I put this on I put this on Mike Kafka. Uh, in my opinion, I believe it, it's on him. I He's think a guy Noah Gray that, even got a catch last week. Yeah, he did for four yards. Um, and I like so I put that on <laughs> on Kafka. It's ridiculous. I want to go this one this week, fellas. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Certified or imposter, Brett Veach, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. We're looking at it here, and, and, and the things we're also hearing is the personnel and the moves they've made, and especially the decisions they've made to rebuild this offensive line. It does not look like the guys they brought in are rebuilders. They look like some of the same doo-doo that we watched last year. So I'll go, I'll, I'll go with you first, BK. Certified or imposter, Brett Beach? I mean... The answer is probably imposter. Like, let's be honest. Mm. He look at the biggest moves that Brett Beach has made. Okay, how many of them have worked out for the Chiefs? Like, he goes out and is his first off season. He brings in Sammy Watkins, which I know the injury issues. I actually think you can count that as a win, all, all things considered, uh, given the contract. And it was only three years. He made it through the life of the deal. I would say that's a win. The Anthony Hitchens contract has not worked out. What you've seen so far from Frank Clark, another big deal, that didn't work out. The Orlando Brown Jr. deal, I told you at the beginning of the year, I thought he was going to be an above-average tackle. It would be fine. I think he's actually been that. I think some people are being a little too hard on Orlando Brown Jr. The problem is the way he's going about it is bad for this team. It's not a very good fit in Kansas City because he's winning in a big way in the running game. He's been a, a really big factor for them when it comes to running the football. Part Which of is why not a surprise. No, he's, he's great in that regard. Part of why they're top 10 in yards per carry this year is because Orlando Brown is a mauler up front. But Patrick Mahomes drops really deep into the pocket, and he's always done it. He's always going to. It's part of the way he plays. And that is the worst possible fit for Orlando Brown as a tackle. So that hasn't so far worked out for them. Uh, he missed this offseason on Trent Williams. He was not able to get him here. He missed this offseason on Juju Smith-Schuster. He was not able to bring him in. Clyde Edwards-Alaire so far is a miss as a first-round pick. McCole Hardman over some of the other receivers that were in that draft, that's definitely a miss. I mean, it's just hard to go through the biggest decisions that he's made. I mean, you even go back to his first first draft with his first pick. That was a miss. Um, I... I'm not sure how you can possibly say at this point that he's certified. The, the things that are keeping this team afloat right now are the things that were in place when he got the job, not the things that he did to get them there. Yeah, I, I think that I would pretty much agree with all of that. Uh, I, I've always been skeptical of Veach, and I don't think he's a terrible general manager. I agree. I, I think that there's much worse general managers in the NFL right now who deserved to get fired before Brett Veach did. Um, he's, you know, he's done stuff with the money and made all of that, that, that stuff work. And I think that that's something you can hang your hat on, but 
when it comes to personnel, he just has not been very good at that. And that's the biggest thing that I want out of my GM is being able to evaluate and bring in young talent. And John Dorsey was exceptional at that. Uh, Brett Veach just has not been very good at it. And I understand that we finally saw something out of Nick Bolton and Willie Gay and Juan Thornhill. And you're like, oh, these guys are contributors. Yeah, Trey but- Smith and, and yeah. Reed Humphrey. I, I think there is some. Sure, sure. Everybody hits sometimes. But for a team that you're expecting to be in Super Bowl contention on a year-in, year-out basis, you're just not going to get premium picks that are much more easy to hit on. So you got to have somebody who can find the value within the draft. And Brett Veach just simply hasn't done a very good job of that outside of Trey Smith, like Trey Smith day one started in the sixth round. That's yeah, that's a fantastic value. I just don't think that he's done a good job of that. And it's hard. I'm not trying to say that it is easy to accomplish, but he's his misses are much worse than his hits. In my opinion. Now he has won a championship. Uh, and I think some of his moves were 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 key to that. I think I think it is imposter, but I do want to defend him a little bit. And this is weird because this is somebody who uh, referred to him as Little Andy Veach for uh, for years. I want to defend him a little bit because the moves that he there's a little bit of the moves he made. I understand them and make total sense. Absolutely. They just didn't work, or they haven't worked at this point. Uh, like the offensive line, what they did this offseason, I was like, oh, they've retooled this, and this makes sense. And I do think uh, center and right guard has made sense. Orlando Brown, I mean, for what you could go, you needed an upgrade right there. You wanted an upgrade there. I just think the problem there, and I think Andy's got to step in on this, is like you know what kind of offense we run, and you know what kind of tackle he is. I mean, he's coming from Baltimore. That's much uh, he excelled there, but that's not uh, like you. This is one of the least athletic offensive linemen in the history of the NFL Combine. That's not an opinion. That's like objectively true. Uh, he's got a pass block 70, 6, 70, 80 percent of the time. So, but I get, but but like I got that, and it doesn't. But it didn't make sense. Like Frank Clark, from a football perspective, you get it. I, I don't know it's not been his fault that Frank Clark stopped being the guy that he was in Seattle. But you know you got to – I mean, it's his job to understand where that's happening. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, boy, that made a ton of sense. Made a ton of sense. But they just haven't used him the the way – like, like I mean, a lot of – so the, the, the results you can't ignore. But a lot of the moves that I think he's going to get hit for – like even McCole Hardman at the time when the Tyreek Hill situation was occurring and everything, those that like that made sense and still it has made sense. It just has not worked out to the to the way that 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 they thought it would. So I would say imposter, but I would defend him that like he, he ain't like listen, I've sitting here in Houston. Bill O'Brien made a lot of moves that that stunk from the jump and still stink. Like, not that you don't understand them. Right, like you, like you see, it stinks, and you you started from the beginning. Like you can see why, boy. I'm gonna go. All right, D. Ford's got an injury problem, which he's been proven out to be the case, and I was wrong on that myself at the time. I'm gonna go get Frank Clark. Well, that makes sense. Just you didn't know Frank was gonna turn into this. 
like Tyra Matthew goes and makes that move. Like, like that's been a winning move for that. Just so I, I'll defend him into that, but I, I I agree with you guys. I think imposter, but it's more of a understand the moves. They just didn't work out type of deal. Yeah, he's not a disaster, and no. he seems to be good organizationally. He's not Bob yeah. Um, and, and like logistically, he's he has not put the Chiefs in a bad spot with the salary cap, which is hugely important. I know people will say like they'll they'll bring up the Anthony Hitchens contracts, they'll bring up the Frank Clark contract. They can get out from under those. But even with all those contracts, he's still been able to keep this core huh. and other players in it. Like he's yeah. been and able his, to and his coup de gras, like the, the thing that is going to be what he can point to and always say, This is my trump card is the Patrick Mahomes deal. The Patrick Mahomes deal is structured in a way that it's already, before it's actually even kicked in, it's already a good deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So credit to him for that. He's done a pretty good job contract-wise for the most part, although, yes, he did overpay for a few guys at the front end. And I do think his drafts have gotten better. His first draft was an absolute disaster. Uh, your best player that came out of that one was Derek Nottie, who's probably not going to be here at the end of his deal. None of those guys are likely to see the end of their rookie contracts and then sign another one here in Kansas City. But he's gotten better from that respect. Uh, and he, he needed to get better in that respect. I would like to see him place more emphasis on, on athleticism in the draft. And I do think he needs to start valuing certain positions more. In the last couple of years, he's taken very high in the draft, in the top 75 or so, two linebackers and a running back. It's time to start placing an emphasis on the on the positions that matter more. Defensive end, wide receiver, corner. That's where you got to start investing some of those big-time resources. Yeah, but also, I'm with you, but he's got some coaches that don't also look at those positions. as like he's got a defensive coordinator who you've said yourself, BK, that – that cornerback is not something that he really values that much. So uh, it's imposter, but like you said, not not Bob Sutton disaster. All right, boy, that's fun, man. Do y'all do we need to do do we do a score, Serta? Do we do a score for the Giants game? Uh, yeah, we can if we want to. God, you're thrilled about it. No, nope. like I said, I, um, I haven't even thought about. It. Hang on, let me, let me. Uh, all right, well, you don't have to say just, hang on. Just we'll just freewheel this thing right now. Thirty-one, we'll seventeen. Chief. Oh, so oh, the, oh, you thought of it now. Thirty-one, seventeen. Chief. Yeah. Listen, if you're curious, uh, in Vegas, the Chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite, and the over/under is set at fifty-two and a half. What I've said, and um. And I don't like, damn, you know, in the words of the great poet Ace Ventura, uh, but it's I'm tired of being right. Uh, I don't want to be here. Um, but I've said is when they play good teams, until they prove to me when they play good teams, I can't pick them because they make too many errors and turn the ball over too much to be able to beat good teams. They've been proven out because that's what they've done all year. Now, when they play teams like the Giants, They'll beat the hell out of those teams. I And so I, I think this game, I will pick the Chiefs, and I will say 35-20 to 20 in this game. I think they beat them handily and, uh, and, um, and, and get back to 500. I'm very close to you. I've got a 34-20. I think the Chiefs win this one as well. The, the Giants are bad. The Chiefs cannot lose this game. Uh, this is a legitimate must win. If the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs this season, they have to win on Monday night. Um, so I, I've got them winning 34-20. I think that they have looked in the mirror at this point and said to themselves, okay, here are the things that we need to fix immediately. 
They will do so, and they will get it taken care of on Monday night against the Giants. And then we get to turn to next week, Ron, the game against the Green Bay Packers. And that is where them beating good teams, it's going to come into play once again. I know who I'm picking in that game. All right. uh, (laughs) Till I get proven wrong, that's a game they're going to have to do. Man, maybe the Packers won't have any receivers again. That could help them in a major way. All right. um, We had fun, boys, as we always do. That's uh, that's Serta. That's BK. I'm running the show. We are out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.